Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything High West. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, my and Andy's personal favorite aspect of the show, the tastings. We have some really, really lovely ones in store for you today. Uh, with me, of course, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleshik. Andy, how are you doing today? Uh, you know, not too bad. It's the holiday season kind of coming up for everyone. So uh... Yes, it is. It's why we have a very important um, very timely holiday, wintry themed podcast today. Yeah, as much as we can make a podcast about it. Yeah, we're really excited about it. We got the uh, we're going to do High West today because they have a Midwinter Nights Dram, which yeah. seems like an appropriate theme for our Christmas week episode. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think that's a perfect one to do on. You got any this big Christmas episode. plans, Andy? I'm going to go ahead and you tell the folks about your Christmas yeah. plans. I'm going to go ahead and pour us up a glass of the High West Whiskey, the American Prairie Bourbon. Yeah, because. Uh, that's the episode we're doing today. Of course, yep. everyone, we will be doing a more official tasting later on in the episode. Uh, but pour yourself a glass of High West whiskey. Drink along with us. Or perhaps pour yourself something else if uh, High West isn't exactly your style. Just make sure you're drinking along. It makes the, yeah. the, the experience much more fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, it does. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is our kind of holiday-themed, uh, Christmas-themed episode. This week, um, I know we definitely had the lights in action going on in the past week or so. Um, yeah, we had a very not Christmassy event take place last, yeah. last week's episode. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was actually during the middle of the recording, um, drive-by shooting. Yeah. We, we, we still <laughs> haven't heard anything, the result of it, but uh, yeah, what all it all came out of. But um, cheers, cheers to us being still here Absolutely. and able to record for you guys. Absolutely. We were sitting here and recording we heard some popping in the distance and i'm like those that kind of sounds like gunshots and we i I thought it was fireworks yeah andy thought it was fireworks we paused the episode we paused the recording but we got most of the gunshots on the recording we uh, ended up deleting it ultimately we wanted to make sure that wasn't included in the episode (laughs) no but we're all safe we're all happy um and we're glad 2020 for sure has been a bad shit crazy man um that's why god created uh, bourbon i'm oh, so excited yeah. for this week's episode andy why don't we just go ahead and dive right in tell everyone everything they need to know about high west yeah so high west is actually utah's first distillery since about the 1870s um a lot of that obviously prohibition was a part of that but they kind of utah as a state really kind of shut everything down for a while there um I think before we go into High West, or yeah, High West as a distillery, we need to go into a bit of Utah history when it comes to alcohol and bourbon specifically. That's worth a mention. Um, the first distillers in Utah, or the first sellers rather in Utah, began distilling distilling right around 1850s, um, 1860s there after the uh, initial 1826 Mountain Men Rendezvous. Um, fest or whatever, which was aptly named the first Western quote unquote whiskey fest uh, in America. And then in about 1857, uh, Whiskey Street in Salt Lake City, kind of their, um, what Whiskey Row is for Louisville, um, their equivalent of that in Salt Lake City, Utah, was 
founded, and that was a lot of where like a lot of saloons, distilling, aging, everything happened for them. Uh, and a lot through kind of the eight, or the 19th century there, they were actually a decently big state for uh, distilling, despite being a heavily Mormon state. I think mm. they're, they're the Mormon state, right? Yep. Yep. Utah, yeah. absolutely. Got a lot of Mormons out here. Yeah. Utah. Which, of course... Mitt Romney. A, yeah. Yeah, probably one of the most <laughs> all famous the other, ones there. All the other ones. You gotta watch Book of Mormon, of yeah. course. <laughs> That's all I know um, about Mormonism. <laughs> yeah. That's about it, my extent of knowledge on it, too. Um, other than the fact that, They're of course... Utah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the fact that they are a religion that is very famous for not really liking alcohol. Uh, of course. They have some very strict rules there. But then, in 1870, um, that was the last known recordings of official and legal distilleries in utah operating because mormons are like based on mormonism i believe you're not supposed to drink right i don't think i think mormonism says the only way you can have alcohol in your diet is if it's included in cooking so like i think you can make something like beer bread or like if some if a recipe calls for wine like you could include the wine in there but i don't think technically you're allowed to like Drink, drink. All alcoholic Alcohol. beverages are forbidden, including beer. There is no restriction relating to meat. Um, I think they, uh, the church also interprets hot drinks like coffee and tea to be something that they are not very much in favor of. Huh. Yeah, definitely very restrictive on what you can at least drink um, there in Mormonism. Yeah, mo- younger uh, Mormons do not feel that they need to avoid... Uh, coffee and, and, and tea and things like that. They don't feel they need to avoid caffeinated drinks. Apparently, Mormons are very much against caffeine, though. Huh. Traditionally speaking, coffee, tea, soda, things like that. I know a lot of Mormons who are you know don't really follow those rules, but many of them do. So yeah. it, it is crazy yeah. that they are able to uh, you know finally get in a distillery there, despite some of the restrictions that are oh, yeah. very popular in, in the Mormon religion, specifically there in Utah State, yeah. predominantly. A Mormon in, in a lot of ways, especially yeah. especially historically. Yeah, and a lot of their, you know, Utah, a lot of their laws reflect that. Um, like the fact that I think you have to have all alcohol with a meal. And uh, I think all beers can only be like 4% alcohol by volume or something like that in yeah, the state. they allow for bourbon to be made. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what do I know? I don't know. But anyways, back on track a bit. <laughs> so after 1870, they kind of shut down a lot of the legally operating uh, distilleries and everything out there in Utah. Uh, I don't know if that was officially because of Mormonism or they just decided we're just going to do this. But then in 1933, they became um, probably the most famous state or the most congratulated state for us at least because they were the 36th state officially pushing the 21st Amendment across the line. And for all of us who keep track of our amendments the 21st amendment repealed the 18th amendment which is most famously called the prohibition amendment <laughs> right um is so they were the 36th state to sign on to that and repeal prohibition thus allowing all americans to legally be able to distill brew age whatever wine beer alcoholic beverage they wanted to as long as they had of course the right permits and everything to do so um and then after that they kind of went dormant for a few decades there until 2006 uh when high west actually opened their doors 
And so that's kind of where we pick up our story with High West. So, like I said, um, they were founded in 06, and they were the first actual legal distillery um, or still opened in Utah since that 1870 date. Hmm. Uh, Of course, including Prohibition. Uh, And they began distilling in 2007, just outside of uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, in Park City, Utah. Which is where they actually host the uh, the film festival uh, out there. Uh, I'm yeah. actually blanking on what the, f- the festival is called there. Me too. Uh, uh, and it's where they ho- hosted the uh, O2 Winter Olympics, right? In yes, that area? I believe so. Uh, yeah, I know they hosted a Winter Olympics. I don't remember the year, but I think it was O2. Gotcha. Oh, it's Sundance Film Festival. Sundance Film Festival. I can't okay. believe I blanked on that. It's one of the most <laughs> famous film festivals in the world. Yeah. yeah, that's where they hosted their mountain snowboarding and the chance to get with a Mormon, Andy. Yeah. It's it, I, all the reason you should go out and visit High yeah. West uh, Distillery. Gorgeous right there at the foot yeah. of the mountains. Um, get the get the snow in the winter. Very gorgeous in the uh, in the summer. And it's a modern barn type. It's like a modern, like lodge, like like skiing lodge type of yeah. vibe to the the distillery. I'm assuming this is one you haven't been to, right? It's not our traditional Kentucky distillery. No, this is, this is not one I've been to. Um, the closest I've come is flying, just making a connecting flight through Salt Lake City Airport. So, okay, uh, that's the closest I've come from, or to having a chance to actually be there and try their bourbon on premises. Gotcha. It's like, they, um, it's like they set up a distillery and a ski lodge, honestly. Yeah. That's the vibe I'm getting. And it's super modern and up in the mountains. And I absolutely love it. I think it's great. Oh yeah. It's a great vibe. Great look. Uh, really cool place to visit. I would, I would imagine. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure it is. And like, like you said, from all the photos I could find looked very nice. It's made travel. the bucket list, Andy. Yeah. I'm sure it's on yours list. now too. Next time we head out West, we got, got to try it. Absolutely. Um, Got to go out there. But uh, they were founded by David Perkins and his wife. Uh, David is actually a biochemist. And he actually kind of came to the aha moment to start the distillery uh, on a tour of one of our other episodes that we've done. And one of our more fa- uh, favorite uh, distilleries that we've tried, Maker's Mark. Mm-hmm. So he's, you know, he found a lot of similarities between like biochemistry and distilling, basically. And how, like, the yeast eats up all the sugars, how you actually do that process of distilling and making bourbon. Um, and so he found that after the trip, you know, about five years after his trip to Maker's Mark, and opened their original location in Park City, uh, along with, I think, a saloon and maybe one other location in Park City, and a new... Um, Distillery that they opened up in 2015 and Wanship, Wanship, Utah. Anybody from Utah can correct me on that if they know the actual um, pronunciation of that. It's I'm sure they will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Um, and they named it the High West Distillery on Blue Sky. And I think in their Wanship location, that's more open for them as really more an educational site where they do tastings, pairings, uh, of course, educational tours and everything, uh, and the tour space with a 1,600-gallon copper pot still. So they have, I think, three or four locations out there that they do, like I said, and was actually named in 2016 the Whiskey Advocates Distiller of the Year. 
So that's actually wow. for such a relatively young distillery, that's a big acclaim for them to actually have. Definitely. Especially a distillery out in Utah. Yeah, it's a state that's really, you know, at least in America, not known for having a lot of distilling anything going on. The, you know, the big states are typically Oregon, Washington, California for wine, and then, of course, Kentucky for bourbon, uh, Colorado for a bit of other Colorado whiskeys, Tennessee, obviously, Jack Daniels, and Texas with its own situation and renaissance going on there. You know, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's a huge accolade for them to have. And, um, the only other, um, thing, like I said, they opened the saloon in 2009 in Park City. So about three years after, um, they really were up and running as a distillery. Uh, going on to their products, um, like I said, they have the American Prairie Bourbon, and then the Midwinter's Night Dram, both of which we'll be trying today. Mm-hmm. Um, and giving you notes on those. But the other ones that they have actually are their Double Rye, their Campfire Bourbon, and their Rendezvous Rye. Which I think is named after that Mountain Men Rendezvous where they were a lot of distillers and mountain men in the West would meet in Utah there to kind of just meet, gather, sell their wares and everything that they had and was dubbed the uh, Western Whiskey Fest. Very cool. So I think with that, I mean, and I couldn't find their mash bill, unfortunately, or how long they aged their products. I think they're about a four to six-year-old product, if I remember correctly, though. Um, although, like I said, I couldn't find explicit notes on what, like what the end result is and everything there. Yeah. Um, they are for an American for their for their American Prairie Bourbon. They're actually a uh, ninety-two proof. It's a forty-six percent alcohol by volume, and we have their uh, batch number twenty B eighteen that we're trying out today. So it it should be good. I've had good tastings of them before when I've tried them. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to try them, John, yet. I have been tasting the uh, the High West just today, actually, for the first oh, really? time. The uh, uh, the American Prairie Bourbon. That's the one that I've I've you know just now I've tried. I've I had the Midwinter Nights Dram a couple days ago, back when I was able to grab it, and yeah. it's absolutely delicious. Um, and we're gonna talk all about that with you guys. Yeah. So with that being said, everyone, let's go ahead and pour ourselves a glass of the High West Whiskey, the American Prairie Bourbon. We're gonna start off with that one. Pour yourself a drink, and we're gonna go ahead and uh, do a tasting here. All right, folks, here we go. We're going to go ahead and do a tasting of the High West Whiskey American Prairie Bourbon. We're, of course, as always, going to go ahead and start with the nose. It's a very approachable nose for me. Very smooth, very light. Absolutely, it's definitely approachable. Yeah. Um, A little dark fruit scent here. A little bit there. A little vanilla-ish. Not too spicy. Yeah. Kind of just, like almost like a wood, a uh, hint of wood. Like, oh, yeah. Like I'm, like, I'm out in the, like, I feel like I, you know, I'm smelling the mountain air that they Yeah, like smelling the mountain pines and everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 like, it's approachable, but kind of gives you a bit of ups. Yeah, absolutely. On the nose. Let's Which go I ahead think. and taste it, everyone. Mm, it's good. Yeah, oh, very good. Give me a, like, kind of a peppery, cinnamony... Again, that kind of like Christmassy mountain snow yeah. uh, taste to it. 
Yeah, and a I, lot of I, cinnamon and spice and and things like that. Yeah, and I on the on the woody, I definitely get a little bit more woody note on the uh, palate than I do on the nose. Uh, kind of reminds me of more like a with that spice, like you were saying, a little bit more like a pine wood. Yeah, like something a, like, like that. Oaky piney type little kick there at the end. Yeah, with some like pepper and spice and all that mixed. Le- you I really le- like that. Yeah, definitely leaves you feeling good. It's leaves you with a, a good taste. Oh yeah, it's more of a. You get, it's a real it gives you that real warm feeling, like more more so than even a lot of uh, a lot of popular bourbons. I think it. I don't know the mash bill as we laid out, but I definitely think this is probably a rye heavier yeah. mash bill. Yeah, a little bit rye heavier. Um, obviously, being a bourbon has to be fifty one percent corn. We at least know that. Yeah, still getting a little like cherry, like dark, like I said, dark fruit kind of finish with that pepper just really smooth really enjoyable bourbon yeah. what oh. was the price point on this one uh that was in like the 35-ish dollar range gotcha. 35 40 dollar range so not, not bad at all exactly not, not a bad price at all i do love this bourbon. i love that this is going to be our our wintry kind of christmasy uh podcast episode because it just this really does strike me as exactly that yeah oh yeah all right guys i hope you enjoyed your American Prairie Bourbon. We're going to go ahead and finish off, off ours, I should say. And then we're going to go ahead and move on, right along to the High West, a Midwinter Nights Dram. Mm-hmm. All right, folks. Now it's time for us to jump right into High West, a Midwinter Nights Dram. This is a delicious, this is absolutely a delicious uh, alcohol here. Blended of Blend of straight rye whiskeys finished in a French oak port barrels. Bottled, of course, by the High West Distillery there in Park City, Utah. Um, Andy, this is really an exceptional whiskey, I have to say. It's um, it, it's one of their annual releases. They do it every winter. It's a, it, can, yeah. it consists of the High West uh, Rendezvous Rye, which, of course, is finished in those French oak port barrels I just mentioned. The, th- the theme of the whiskey, of course, is inspired by William Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, while the exact ratios are not disclosed... Unlike earlier releases, some of these uh, most recent ones, uh, we're actually on Act Eight, Scene Six. Um, it's the most. It's the most recent one. It's the most recent. The twenty. This is the twenty twenty annual release. Uh, yeah. Act Eight, Season Six. Uh, scene Six, I should say. Um, really, really excited about it. This is the eighth act, um, and I don't believe there's even any major reviews out of this because it's so so new. This was just released a couple weeks ago, I believe. So yeah, I'm actually I'm, really excited about it. I mean, I've only seen one or two people like on uh, YouTube or other podcasts and everything that I've seen review it, and they've actually given very, very positive re- reviews of it. Yeah, I uh, really enjoyed it the other night. I was like, I'm just going to yeah. crack this, have a sip, see how I feel, and I drank more than I expected because it's yeah. really, really tasty. Yeah. All right, folks, let's go ahead and uh, do a tasting of a Midwinter yeah. Night's Dram. Before we do that, though, I just want to comment. I mean, compared to their just American Prairie bourbon, wow, the color change. Oh yeah. I mean, it's much darker. Yeah, it it legitimately it looks like a a caramel for the for the Midwinter Night Dram. It looks like a very caramel, like dark, dark brown bourbon. Oh yeah, it's a color very, there. It's a very dark. Bourbon. Yeah, versus like a very far lighter color in just their american prairie bourbon yeah, and i feel you get that i feel like you really get that in the um older bourbons the yeah. more rye uh, whiskeys um you and, really start to get that darker darker color yeah and any finished whiskeys especially yeah absolutely so not 
so kind of stereotypical there a bit, but right. very, Nothing very marked that, color change. Let's give it a sniff, folks. Very molasses smell, yeah. very balsamic smell. Such a good smell there for me. Like it's it, like cho- oak, like oak covered in chocolate. It's like someone rubbed chocolate on an oak tree, Andy. I I could see that. I I, I can I can see. Again, I'm getting like a getting toasted, like a toasty, toasted sense to it. I think you get that's what a you, little bit. you get that a lot in those when you got those pork barrels. Yeah, yeah, you get, and I definitely very much get that dark fruit note. It's like it's like a it's like I keep getting like a sweet mixed with like wood, like an oaky chocolate, like a cinnamon with bark, like that kind of mixture. Like it's like a really, light, really pleasant. It's like a light to me. It smells like a lightly sweetened dark chocolate cherry oak smell there, yeah. with a little bit like I said that balsamic. It's got finished sweet, in bourbon barrels. Somehow it's got sweet and spice all together. It's yeah. super, super nice. Let's go it, ahead and give it a taste, folks. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. Oh, it's, that's very it's good. It's smooth. Oh. It's very smooth. I'm getting like, like it's almost like a, it's almost like a red wine type vibe, like some like dark, like, dark fruits, like yeah. juicy, dark red fruits. Yeah, like a very rambunctious red wine. Yeah. Um, very rich flavor, like a, not a dry like a red raw, wine. Like a very rye finish. Yeah, with like really like like night like luscious red fruits up front, a rye sharp like like toasted, um, rye finish. I yeah, really like yeah, it. yeah. You definitely get that rye finish, stereotypical rye finish there, where it's very spicy peppery oaky leather yeah yeah for a bourbon but on the front of it it's like like you said i mean you very much get that uh wine barrel finishing on the front where you get a lot more fruit yeah so Uh, good this one this mash bill is coming in at 95 percent rye Ooh, buddy five percent barley malt uh malt i should say yeah and uh Wait, hold on. Let's see. I feel, I feel like I'm reading this wrong. 80% rye, 20, I should say 80% rye, 20% malted rye is what they're calling it. Yeah. So lot, just rye out the wazoo. It's, yeah. But honestly, it's... They didn't um, even mix anything else in there. Right. It's, it's, and still, it's very good. It's I super, love it. It's super tasty. Um, this, it's very, very smooth, but just has a lot of... It's just very rich with a lot of character in it. Um, I highly recommend. I really oh, liked yeah. it. I was surprised. I was worried I was gonna buy it and really not like it, but it is really good. Not which, it... which is good. You want to know that it's this good because it's not cheap, Andy. This is a hundred dollar bottle of, oh, of, wow. of whiskey. This is a hundred dollar bottle of straight up rye whiskey, but it is delicious. And honestly, if you're someone who's like okay dropping a hundred bucks on a, on a whiskey, this one is worth the price point. There are hundred dollar whiskeys out there. That like okay, you can maybe afford it, but they're just actually not worth the price. I think this one actually is. It's so worth the price. I mean, I hate to say it, at least among rye, I think this is in my top two rye I've ever tried. Absolutely, it's not to easy date. to find. It's uh, and that's for it's for good reason. People yeah. really want this on their shelves. It's, it's good. Get it if you can get it. Absolutely, I agree. All right, folks, that's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast to subscribe, leave a review, uh, and listen to every episode of Distilled Discussions. We really appreciate your support. We're trying to do some amazing things here. Uh, we're hoping for a Distilled Discussions distillery even one day. Um, Maybe. So, so we appreciate all of the love and the support, and we even appreciate the haters. You know, We can always use 
constructive criticism as well. Thank you guys so much. Have a great week. Pour yourself another whiskey. I know we will. We're about to head to a bar and watch the uh, Bills-Denver game. Super excited about that. Might have to root for Denver now that we've been talking about those out out west uh, distilleries. Uh, But again, we really appreciate your guys' support. And don't worry, America. We'll be here to drink with you next week.